Welcome to Maidens of Metal and Mayhem, a podcast about all things metal, horror, with a dash of mayhem. Welcome back to another episode of Maidens of Metal and Mayhem. This week we wanted to talk about kind of a newer horror movie or kind of a horror movie. Some people may not consider this one necessarily a horror movie, but we want to talk about the 2019 movie Midsummer. I consider it a horror movie. I think it's absolutely horrifying. It's definitely one of those on the way home type of movies where you're like, what the fuck did I just watch? Oh, for sure. It's definitely one of those movies you have to watch multiple times to just pick up every little thing and every little foreshadowing and hint throughout the movie. Yeah, there's so there's so much to digest from this movie. Um, from the beginning to the end, there's all kinds of symbols and hints. The story is played out in pictures on their wall in their apartments. You know, the whole story is right there. But when you're watching it, you don't see it until you watch the whole movie. You go back and you're like, oh, it's it's the, the story's been there the whole time. And I love how men react to it versus how women react to it. Oh, yeah. I'd noticed that um, right away because I went to go see this in theaters when it first came out. And I went with my husband. He was my boyfriend at the time. And I came out of it and I had been primed because I had been watching a lot of like reviews and like reading a lot of like non-spoiler reviews about the movie from mainly women because that's who I get a lot of like info from. And they were all saying how this is just like a girl boss movie. You know, you get to watch this amazing breakup and it's, you know, really bloody and, you know, horrific. And then I kind of was primed. So I fell into that and ended up having, um, completely different response than what my husband did which was that was a fucking horrifying movie what did i just watch yes uh my husband i made him watch it a week ago because i was you know wanted to watch it again so it's fresh in my mind and he said please don't make me watch crazy shit like that again i probably will but you know what he doesn't know won't hurt him until he's done watching it and is freaked out but for me, I went I went into it with no um, no reviews. I generally do not read a whole lot of reviews when it comes to movies because I I want to go into it as my person my experience. I do feel that there is a moment in the movie where it does turn into a horror movie, and uh, just to let you guys know, there will be spoilers. So if you are watching. If you are listening, please go watch and then come back because we're going to delve into a lot of stuff with this movie. So when I watched it, definitely understood that this was a cult. Definitely understood that they were picked on purpose. And I started out rooting for her because, I mean, the poor girl, she she loses her entire family, her sister you know, commit suicide and then, you know, in a very elaborate way, kills her parents. Yeah, it was a Danny's sister did a murder suicide. 
And that's, you know, the very first thing you see is Danny at her lowest day, like literally the worst day of her life. Yes. And she's been like, it does, you know, discuss that she's kind of been going through it with her family and her sister. And she's very worried. And she goes, as most people do, to their boyfriend for comfort. And I think, I do think he wanted to comfort her, but I think he wanted to break up with her before this happened. And now he kind of got stuck. Yeah, I'm. that's what I found interesting with the whole Christian thing is, again, the movie kind of primes you to be like, Christian's a shitty boyfriend. And that, I think, is a true fact. Shitty boyfriend. It sucks that he kind of led Danny on for so long and wanted to break up with her for like a year is like what I think they say in the movie. Yeah. But I will say I will give him props on the fact that he at least did the pro- the right thing by trying to support her through this whole situation, even though he personally did not want to be with her. The fact that he's stuck by her and didn't break up with her the moment it got like difficult for him at least like from his perspective obviously horrible and very difficult for Danny but like I can also see from Christian's perspective also feeling like oh this is like something else I have to do for her like just the obligation and the fact that he was at least willing to stick with her until she was in a better place mentally before breaking up with her I'll give him like some little props for that yeah I mean Listen, they obviously they were not supposed to be together, you know, and maybe he was a shitty boyfriend to her, but perhaps down the road when he found the, you know, the person he wanted to be with or wanted to be in a relationship with, he may, I think he would have been less shitty of a, of a boyfriend, but who knows? It's a movie. We don't know what Christian would have done, especially because in the movie he's dead. And that's what I really like about this movie is it goes it does such an interesting job of kind of as the viewer you're obviously watching from Danny's perspective because she's the main character and as she's kind of being brainwashed by the cult and kind of falling for the cult the viewer is too because they're seeing everything through her perspective and what I found really interesting is the fact that like to make this a horror movie um the director he and the writers they kind of took it as like Taking some of those like typical horror tropes of, you know, like, oh, the justified killing, right? Of like, oh, well, it sucks this character died, but they did kind of fuck up in this other scene and kind of deserved it. So like the viewer doesn't feel too bad or maybe conflicted about the death. So this movie did that too. I mean, Christian, the whole movie, you're just watching him be unsupportive asshole the whole time. Like he's just not being compassionate or helping and supporting Danny as she needs. He's just kind of going through the motions and is just emotionally unavailable for the most part. And even with like the other deaths of like the friends, like Mark, he peed on their like ancestral like ash tree. And that upset them and offended them. Well, they definitely made him a character that where you're like, if he dies, I'm okay with it. Well, that's the thing is like that's kind of pulling in that typical horror trope to kind of break down the defenses of the viewer. So you have like that and like Josh was taking photos of their sacred text against, you know, without their permission. And so he got, you know, knocked out, ends up being, I think he got planted. I think that was what happened to him. Oh, no, he was a scarecrow. Yeah, he was a scarecrow. So the idea of like 
they have done some wrongs to offend these people in some way or just in Christian's side, just kind of being an unlikable character from Danny's perspective. So as a viewer, you're kind of like, oh, well, it sucks that they died and like that's weird, but like they kind of deserved it. Yeah, I don't feel so bad. Until you look at the end and you go, oh, fuck, they've killed everybody except Danny. And you start to see the culmination of like all of the other things going on. You're like, oh, Danny's now trapped in Sweden with this crazy, weird cult. And they've just burned everyone in a sacrificial fire. Yep. Now, to, to you, what was your moment where you felt like it was a horror movie? I have my moment. But what do you, is your moment the same? It's probably the same. So for me, like, the beginning of the movie definitely starts off on, like, a horror kind of element. I mean, you have, like, the horrific murder-suicide of Danny's sister and parents. So it starts off on a really low note, but then as you get to the cult in Sweden, it's this beautiful, bright place, this lovely folk music, everyone's dressed in white. It's At first, you're like, oh, this is weird, because this is a horror movie. Why does everything look so nice? Why is it so bright? Why is everyone wearing white? And I think it doesn't really start to feel like a horror movie, like an outright horror movie, until you get to the part with the um, two older people that commit suicide off the cliff. Yes, that was the moment where it turned into a horror movie for me. Not not just because of the the gruesome scenes, because it is pretty gory. Oh, for sure. For sure, for sure. But just the, the thought that that's how they go. That's how they die in their culture. They jump off of a cliff. And if they don't die right away, they kill them. And that's terrifying. Yeah, just a big mallet to the face. Yeah, a big, what was it? Like a big wooden. Like a mallet, pretty much. Like a big one. Like Harley Quinn style. And they just go for his face. For me, I think that's such an interesting scene because on top of it, it's the music's really loud and like jarring. I'm really sensitive to like sounds. And I noticed immediately when I was watching that scene, the fact that like everything got really sharp. And the sound also was going between and panning between each ear and speaker, which also is just very inherently very unsettling for most people. And then on top of it, the fact that visually it's overexposed, everything is too bright. It's almost, it's drawing in that way too, where everything was really bright and like vibrant before. This is overexposed, so it's just very like cold white brightness. With the sound and everything and then what you're seeing, it's just, it's really unsettling. And I think it's the first time that you start to realize like, oh, this isn't just some like kooky little weird fundamentalist type cults. Like they're killing people. People are dying. And they're dying in very bad ways. And I would say the music throughout the entire movie is very uneasy. Oh, the sounds, like the sound design I think is great. Like even from the very opening scene when you have these beautiful snowy lush um like aerial shots of different like scandinavian style for forests and you have this beautiful like folk singing it's just like very rhythmic and then all of a sudden you cut and you're in i think they're in la or whatever city they're in with the phone ringing of danny trying to reach her parents and just like the stark change in like things like that or the fact that um when you start seeing from Danny's perspective the like suicide scene 
Everything gets really muffled. You're hearing her breathing, her heartbeat. Things like that, just to like get the viewer even like more into the mindset, I think is just such a like such a nice touch. And we're basically we're watching a girl that has been in she's in a bad relationship. She's going through so much in her life. And I don't know if the uh, gentleman who was their friends. Pele. I don't know if he knew that from the beginning when he started hanging out with them, but he definitely, definitely fed on each of their different weaknesses and her in particular. But I also think that he, this is going to be an old person word, fancies her quite well. You know, I think he uses her weakness to bring her back to be a part of the cult. And to be, I feel like it was going in the direction of they were going to be in a relationship. Oh, yeah. I mean, I think that's pretty apparent that the whole point of like the pilgrimage that they do, because, you know, the cycle of their life, the fact that their pilgrimage is from like 18 to 36. I don't think that's a coincidence because that's their, you know, you're relatively young. Um, usually they're, it looked like they were going to the universities and different colleges around the world to meet people. And yeah, it's, you can put it as a guise of like, oh, they're just going to try to get some outside knowledge and like better themselves that way, get some outside information, kind of like Rumspringer for Amish people, experience the outside world and then come back. So you can think of it that way, and that's innocuous. That's not troubling. But if you think about it more, is it's their time to go out, hone their craft to be charismatic and lure people in, and then lure them back. Because young people in like colleges and stuff, you know, you meet tons of people, and especially if you go to a really big college where you have a lot of international students, it wouldn't be like crazy to want to go back during a break to one of your friend's home countries to see their family and see their culture and stuff. I mean, that happens a lot. Yeah. So it's a really convenient way to lure new people into the cult and be able to get some new, you know, genes and DNA and new blood into the cult. And so I think in general, Pele, yeah, he was going to school technically and like he was doing stuff with school and like had day to day tasks he had to do. But the ultimate goal was for him to find people that he was found that were vulnerable enough and bring them back to the cult for either sacrifice or to have more people to put in the cult. And they, they'll only because they're definitely going out so that they can bring new blood in. But I think the what the one piece of the story that kind of fell a little short to me was the the oracle who was an inbred child and has obviously many disabilities and i kind of felt they f- they fell a little short with that i wanted to know a little bit more into you know this child's story but then again it wasn't really about that child it was it was all danny but um other than that, I think it's it really is a very fantastic, weird, uneasy movie. It's a very like visually stunning movie. Like it's very artistic. Yeah, it's very visually stunning, very artistic. So that's A twenty four for you. That's like their bread and butter is the more artsy horror films. Right, but it's not like a regular like slasher movie where 
that, that this requires more thought. Yeah, it's a psychological horror through and through. Yeah, psychological horror. When I went into the movie, I, I did understand her plight, her, her side of the story. And I felt so bad for her. And I was like, Christian's a dick. He's such a dick. I, you know, I, I hope she breaks up with him. But I don't, what happens to him, I don't feel he deserved. I mean, and this is the, this is will be the reason why we're doing a content warning because the man, in my opinion, is raped because he's drugged. I think they give him something that makes him, I think they gave him mushrooms, which is common throughout the movie. And um, I don't think he was in the right mind frame. And that whole scene is very uncomfortable for me because it's, it's just a bunch of women, in my personal opinion, raping this man to breed. And the whole, the whole concept of the redhead putting her pubes on his dinner. And that's really gross too. It's really gross. Yeah. That's the thing is like, that's the only reason Christian was invited. He was there simply to help impregnate women so they could have a little bit more room in the gene pool. So they weren't all inbred and didn't fully become inbred. That's the whole purpose. He was there. Once they completed that purpose, that's when they really drugged him and sewed him into a bear to be burned alive. Because, like, that's all they wanted him for. They didn't care who he was, how bad of a boyfriend he was, or, like, anything like that. It was simply just to get some more babies that weren't inbred. I do feel bad for the guy. You know, this, uh, I don't think he deserved what he got, basically. And, I mean, who the fuck, who wants to die in a in a bear and then be burned alive and can't move? That sucks. And then she's just staring there like, you got it. You deserve it. I mean, at that point, she's been so brainwashed by the cult. I mean, that's how you end it with her, like, in this, like, sinister, almost looking smile. Because she's so happy at the moment. And it's because they have completely warped her sense of reality and who she is and how the world works to fall in line with what they wanted from her, which is to basically just kidnap her forever. Yes. She's definitely she's definitely the victim in this movie. One of many. One of there's one of many victims and you know she she was easy pickings. Well yeah, and I think why a lot of people left the theater like end of the movie feeling like Christian's death was justified is you're going from Danny's perspective the whole time and throughout the whole movie he just kind of sucks. At the very beginning, you know, hearing that he's wanted to break up with her for over a year and just hasn't. And then even seeing how he's supporting her physically, but like not really supporting her in the way that she might have needed, like not fully when she's grieving. And then the fact that he was going to go on this trip without her and was just not going to tell her about it or like not tell her that he was actually going to go on the trip. And then even when they're there, he's just kind of not supporting her in any way other than just being like, oh, wait. Why are you walking away upset? So as the viewer, you're seeing like all of these different things in the back of your mind, like this guy just sucks. He's the worst. And so you end the movie of Danny being finally freed of him. He's gone. He's dead. Like she's not, she's free from Christian and you see her happy. You kind of get this viewpoint of like, oh, it's justified. I feel good. And then you don't think about the other implications of, well, what the fuck happens to Danny? Where does she, her story go? Because we don't know. 
she's indoctrinated, indoctrinated into this cult. She's a part of it now. She, in turn, will be doing the same things that they are doing to other victims. Oh, exactly. And that's the thing. Is so you end the movie feeling good because you're like, oh, Danny's finally free. She's free and she has a group of people that will hold her and support her. And at that point, that's if you come out of the movie feeling that way or even a little bit, it's like that shows that like you could have also fallen for these things because you've fallen for what Danny fell for. And I did, especially when she was, you know, when, you know, they they set up that scene on purpose where she was to find him. Oh, yeah. That was a completely a manufactured situation like she was supposed to. So that was their final blow to her feelings and like care about Christian so they could isolate her even more. Right. She's already going through a lot. These people, she has no family. She has nobody, which in turn makes her the perfect cult victim. And at the same time, it makes it so that she's open to having a family. And these people do become her family. They're not the type of family I would want, but uh, she finally finds her family. And I, th- I think that makes you feel good without realizing what's going to happen to her later and what's going to, you know what I mean? Like she's in this cult now. She's a part of it. She's, she's eventually going to take that, that jump off the cliff. Oh yeah. And what I found really interesting, like visually is, and I didn't notice this at first, but like through the rewatch, I noticed this. That when they have their like little dinner celebrating the two people that end up jumping off the cliff, if you rewatch that scene, the woman looks a lot like the actress that played Danny. Like rewatch it, like they have very similar like facial structures and like facial features. And I don't think that was a, a mistake. I think that was on purpose to show that like this has probably been a thing that they have played out multiple times over the generations. Right. And that this isn't the first time that they've done something like this before. And it's probably a very common thing for them. Now, do you think that she becomes the May Queen out of luck? Or do you think that they are making her the May Queen on purpose? I think they did it on purpose. I mean, it functions well for the story. But I think also it's a great way to have a reason to, again, like love bomb her. Because that's a pretty common tactic to kind of draw people into a cult. Mm Mm-hmm. And you see them love bombing her throughout the whole movie with Pele just saying, you know, like, hey, I've also lost my parents. I am also technically an orphan, but I've never been alone because the community is my family and they raised me when my parents died. You know, like, have you ever felt held? Because I've always felt held. And then when Danny's crying about finding Christian being raped and having sex with that other woman, she is surrounded by a bunch of women just like her. And they're all sharing that agony and crying and wailing together. Yes. Something that no one else has done with her, even though Danny's literally crying a majority of the movie. <laughs> yes. They they are uh, feeling her pain with her and trying and, and supporting her. But at the same time, they're luring her in. Well, I wouldn't say it's that they feel her pain, but they're they're trying to comfort her by making it so she's not the only one alone. Like they're making her part of it. You know what I mean? Like they're all wailing and crying and screaming together to comfort her and calm her down rather than letting her be the only one crying. So it's a way to kind of show like, hey, we're here to support you. We are, you know, we're all in this together. And it's just 
multiple ways that they're kind of love bombing her to get her to agree with them and to feel more comfortable with them and to look at them like her family versus the people that she came with. And going back to Pele, I believe when he's talking about his parents, I believe that they were victims of the being put in that burning building, whether they were willing or non-willing, I don't know. But it just, to me, that seems like what probably happened to them. Yeah, I agree. I definitely think that they were like maybe some of the volunteers that did it. But yeah, it's, I think that's kind of the, uh, the assumption is that his parents were volunteers from like the village for the sacrifice. And that's why he's an orphan. Right. Or they, you know, they were volunteers or maybe they also were brought in to basically make children and they suffered the same fate as Christian. Yeah, it's very possible. I mean, on top of it, too, it could also be that um, like one of his parents was a cult member, the other one wasn't. And then they both were picked as sacrifices or something like there's a myriad of reasons. But I think it always comes down to like. I haven't seen many fires in many buildings, and I would imagine that they probably don't have too many issues with like house fires in this community, considering they all live in basically like big barns together. So it's probably that they were sacrificed. Yeah, uh, that's that's my personal belief as to what he's talking about. They don't really they just tiptoe on it just a little bit. Oh, yeah. Just to give it some depth, give it some depth. And. You know, he's definitely, he. I think he and everyone in the cult are victims of this cult. And they, in turn, become the perpetrators, the predators. Oh, yeah. I mean, I guess it depends on how long it's lasted. I, they don't really give you much, like, background about how long this cult's been around. You know, for all the viewer knows, it could have been just, like, 30 years or less. Who knows? And it's... It, it's very Wicker Man to me. Have you ever seen Wicker Man? Oh, yeah, it definitely is. I mean, it's got that similar thing of like a secluded group of people living in like a commune situation or community, and they prefer like the quote unquote like simpler times. Yes. And they're, they are sent out, the women, young women are sent out to breed with men. So it, it's very, it's very Wicker Man to me, which is also a cult. Definitely more um, uncomfortable feeling, though, for sure. Oh, yeah. And I again, I think that's following more of like those classic horror tropes. That way we can get a, like the bigger picture with this movie, which is how easy it is for someone to fall for all of these different cult tactics. And we both agree that there is a much bigger picture to this movie that whether it's, uh, you know, about the cult, um, suicide, rape, it, uh, racism. There's a little bit of racism in there that we've discussed, but not, it's not the main part of the movie, but it's a huge picture that they're painting. I would disagree that racism isn't like the core of it. I think it's just, it's very subtle in how that's implied and like implemented throughout the movie. Because my viewpoint is that this is not just a cult, but it's like a white supremacist cult or like a fascist cult. And there's just, there's a lot of different points in the movie that kind of point in that direction with just like the 
right off the bat with like the banner that you see they're driving in um has apparently like a very like xenophobic slogan that's used in sweden and around that region the fact that like only the white american men were seduced before they were killed whereas all of the other outsiders weren't they were just killed or tortured to death a lot of things like that that i think are more subtle and like with the editing and stuff like the fact that everything is super bright and cheery the moment that they get into the cult and where they are whereas everything before that's like underexposed and dark and everyone's wearing like gray and like earth tones and muted tones and then the moment they start to get into the cult everyone starts wearing more white and bright colors so it's like i'd say it's like more subtle throughout but it also shows how easy white supremacist dog whistles and white supremacist thoughts can kind of permeate through things without people necessarily realizing it. I, I have to agree with you because I, when I watched the movie, I did not catch any of it, uh, any of, the, of that. I did catch the, you know, the suicide, the rape, murder. I mean, there's a, there's a lot of bad things happening in this, in this village that looks so beautiful. And I think that's what makes it scary because it, it, it it's so beautiful. You, they walk in and it's just like this beautiful, welcoming, warm place. And it really is not. Oh, yeah. It's super regulated. People have very specific tasks that they have to do. They're even like super gendered tasks, like with all the women cooking and all the men doing like yard work and like gardening and stuff. So it's just a very rigid society and very like tradition based, but for like no other reason than it's just traditional. And the fact that it's also really brutal and does not accept any deviance from the role that you're given. Like you, this is your role. You have to stick with it. If you don't stick with it or step out of line in any way, you're probably being murdered. Yes. It's very apparent that, you know, there are rules that must be followed. I I really felt bad for um, uh, Josh. Because he really was very interested in their culture and what they were doing. You know, you have Christian, you know, trying to steal his thesis. And I, I think that's the only reason why he did what he did and what makes you feel like he deserved to die. Because he was desperate. Because, again, Christian is putting the fly in the ointment. You know, he's, he's just fucking things up. I do think he's a very selfish person, but he's also a young person. He's a you know college student. People do grow out of being selfish, but he's very selfish through and through. He's selfish with Danny and he's selfish with his friends. Oh, yeah. And again, that's just more the negative like character aspects of Christian that they sprinkle in throughout to just make the viewer just hate him. Like you don't like Christian or at least most people I know that watched the movie did not like Christian because he he just sucks in the movie and how it's framed like he just sucks so when you get the final payoff of watching him burst into flames sewn into a bear you get that like warm feeling because you're like oh this is the this is the death that I have been waiting for and almost cheering on the whole time because oh this character is the worst he's finally dead yeah they they make him and the actor makes him annoying throughout the whole movie. And, and, and I would say in particular, uh, the annoyances are on purpose for women because they're thing that, they are things that annoy women. 
And was it good to see him dead? But I don't think he deserved what he got. I mean, that's that's pretty uh, brutal. Oh, yeah. I mean, at the end of the day, like a shitty boyfriend's a shitty boyfriend. He wasn't necessarily like outright abusive by any means. Shitty boyfriend for sure, but not like an abuser, like necessarily anything like that or like anything criminal. He just sucked. But as a viewer, you just kind of get primed that like, ugh, Christian, he's the worst. I hate him. And so by the end of it, you're like cheering on his death because you're like, oh, finally, we're rid of him. Danny's rid of him. Yeah, she's getting her revenge kind of, you know. Well, yeah, because she literally picked him. She had a choice. She could have picked him or someone from the cult, and she picked him because the cult literally primed her to do that. They manufactured the point where she was going to see him out of context having sex with another woman, not knowing that he was under the influence of a bunch of drugs and wasn't able to, like, consent, wasn't, had no options or choices in that situation, was just kind of, like, forced into it. And it was they were able to manufacture her seeing that and then show that, like, oh, Christian doesn't love you. He's sleeping with that woman over there while you're over here. He's cheating on you. We love you. We see you. So you should stay with us and kill Christian. I mean, the fact that the, the one woman is literally pushing on him as they are engaging in sex acts. Yeah. I mean, the, he was de- that was definitely a rape scene. Oh, for sure. I don't think people go into it or come out of it thinking that necessarily, but it is. Oh, yeah. I mean, they gave him, like, obviously extra strong mushrooms or whatever hallucinogen they're using. I mean, throughout the whole meal, you just see him. He's not eating. He's, like, completely incoherent. You have that old man next to him just, like, clapping in his face to disorient him even more. Like, he wasn't in any proper mindset. They, like gave him something else and like blue ashes or something in his face right before so he was even more out of it and then they're just like push him in and be like okay go ahead and he comes out of there horrified oh yeah i mean that's the end of christian because then they catch him after he finds um simon basically being iron eagled in a chicken coop yeah that's pretty horrifying Yeah, and then they knock him out, and he's just sedated the rest of the time that he's alive. Like, he can't move, he can't speak, he's just a vegetable that can see. And I think Simon is alive, too. Because there's movement. Yeah, I think Simon's dead before they put him in the cabin, like the final building, but he's alive when Christian finds him. He's just immobilized, and his lungs are coming out of his back. Yes. He's basically... What do they call that? Butterflied? I believe it's called a blood eagle. They specifically a nor like a Viking way of torturing people. That's that's pretty that's pretty bad. Yeah. It's pretty fucking metal. Yeah, pretty pretty fucking sick, I'm telling you. Um that that was uh horrifying to me, uh, to see him. But that that's the thing with this movie though, is that there are mom there's moments where you're you're like okay, comfortable. And then there's things like that and where you're like, mm, I don't want to be here. It's got a good kind of play with like tension and comfort and kind of playing in between the two. But also I feel like that's part of like the cult process. Like the more you're lulled in by the cult and the more you're empathizing with Danny and the cult itself kind of working on her, you see increasingly more and more fucked up things. 
Like it starts off with those two people committing suicide with the cliff, but it ends with them taking living people, giving them like some spoonful of something to like help their nerves and then picking to be burned alive as a sacrifice on top of the fact that they have a man sewn into a bear that they're sacrificing by burning alive. Like it only escalates from the people jumping off the cliff. And you know, you know that when they're doing that, they've done this many times before because it's well done. Oh, yeah. I mean, this is a tradition for them. So it gets into that weird point of just being like, well, this is horrifying, but it's their tradition. It's their culture. It's not an issue. And it's like sometimes, but in this situation, this is not right. This is bad. Yeah. I mean, the, the whole this whole entire movie movie left me feeling very uneasy a little confused, which I think is a psychological horror that is supposed to do all these things to you, right? They're supposed to make you uncomfortable, that, you know, uneasy, kind of feel confused as to what you watch. I mean, A24 is is perfect for, for that type of psychological horror, whether it be hereditary or heredity, however you want to say it. That is also if you have not seen that one, go watch it. Mother, same same type of feeling. Gretel and Hansel too. It, they're they're genius at just making Gretel and Hansel. They're genius at making you feel so uncomfortable. But I think part of that is just the fact that, at least in my opinion, A twenty four films definitely are more on like the artsy side of horror. Definitely more on like the artistic side. With just like how they're lit, how they're edited, um, sound design, things like that. So I feel like that's an extra level to kind of kind of bring you in because they're giving you a lot of different kind of environmental factors too, on top of just the story that's playing out and the visuals you're seeing. Like for instance, for me, like Gretel and Hansel, I love that movie because it's just so visually stunning. Like the dramatic lighting of that movie is insane. And even the design choices and like the different cinematography choices in midsummer are just push you further into that like sense of comfort or like that sense of unease that you know the director wanted i'm curious though if hereditary and midsummer are kind of like sister movies i mean they are both ari aster so it's the same director and writer not i'm not saying the same movie but like their sister movies, because they they both deal with kind of like the same cult like issues. I don't necessarily think if they're linked, but they're definitely. I I would watch both of them if 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 you're listening to this, I would watch both movies and tell me what you think. Do you think that they are sister movies? Do you think that they are kind of like you should watch them together? Tell me if you agree with me or not. And I don't think they like go together. It's not like a sequel, prequel kind of thing by any means. Yeah, no, I don't think they're like meant to be together, but I just feel like you should watch both of them at the same time. Like you should make a night of it. I feel like that's partially just because again they they're both made by the same guy they're both Ari Aster movies like he is both the writer and producer for a writer and director for both of them and the producer of just one of them but so they are his creations from him so it very well could be him exploring similar 
ideas in different ways. So I'd say that just kind of it's more just like how Get Out and Us feel very similar because Jordan Peele is a director. You know what I mean? And the writer. So I think it might just be more like a stylized thing or a stylistic thing where Ari Aster movies just feel like Ari Aster movies. I will say that these movies uh, did psychologically scare the shit out of me. And before that, I would say a movie has not done that to me in a long time with exception to seven. That's that's a hard watch. But these these movies are like that. They really bring out that absolute horror. Real life horror through and through start to finish. Everything in this movie could happen. Oh, yeah. And that's partly what I find really scary about it is the fact that he did use like actual cult tactics to bring the viewer and therefore Danny into like this sense of security with them. The fact that, you know, Pele is not threatening in any means. He is a non-threatening looking guy. You know, very sweet, very kind, very sensitive, artsy. Like he's not scary in any means. And to think that he knew that he was taking people that he had made friends with and like had close friendships with and that that meant nothing to him or it meant less to him than like the well-being of his cult and what they wanted to do with them is terrifying. And the fact that he was able to like lure them in and then, you know, everything's really nice and welcoming and cheery when they get there and the people are very kind and welcoming it just lulls you into a sense of just like security. And then you see the love bombing with them, like being very kind to everyone and welcoming and all of the psychedelic and drug use throughout to again, break down those barriers and, to you know, cause them to be more comfortable there. It just shows that like those tactics do work, even though when you're hearing about cults from the outside, you're always just like, well, I would never fall for that. This movie does a great way of kind of illustrating. no, a lot of people can fall for that. Yep. And I would say it, I would say this movie is definitely aiming for women to fall for this for this cult like movie. Oh yeah, I mean women are the biggest group that become members of cults that fall for cults. Mhm. And I well like I said in the beginning, women have very different thoughts on this movie than men do. Uh, different reactions. I think, I think men are more horrified as to what happens to Christian, and I think women are more horrified as to what happens to Danny. Yeah, I would say that's the consensus. I feel like a lot of people fell for. Definitely the first time again going through, I just kind of came out and like, oh, it's a breakup movie. Girl boss, she did it. She ended Christian. No more Christian. This is great. And then upon just like thinking about it a little longer and rewatching it, I was like, oh, this is all bad. Danny is in horrible danger. This isn't going to end well for her. This isn't a happy ending. This isn't just a breakup movie. Like a breakup happens for sure. And it's us watching their relationship crumble. But it's not necessarily just because that they weren't right together. It's because they weren't right together and this cult picked them apart. And it's more just about the manipulation of the cult and taking a bad situation and making it worse for their own benefit. And Pile knew how vulnerable she was and brought her in. He fed on her vulnerability. 
I also think that there's like, you know, like feelings for her, you know, but it's definitely more of he's really the one that's taking advantage of her. Oh, for sure. And that's, I guess, one of the many questions people have or a lot of the theories is that he was like approved to be with her as like a, you know, a prize or a gift for bringing so many people because he brought the most people. Right. You know, he brought four people, four outsiders. So that might have been like one of his like, I don't know, like one of his like payments, I guess, or like rewards for doing that is, you know, if he brings like any woman with him that they deem acceptable that, you know, that can be his his partner, his wife. Yeah. And he, and he definitely you definitely can tell that that's that's where he's going with that is he wants her to be his wife. Maybe it could have also just been him being like really charismatic and kind to her and trying to give her that emotional support that Christian wasn't. I mean, I definitely felt some like romantic vibes from him towards her, but I don't think that that might have been the whole reason because again, the whole point of a cult is having very charismatic people be the ones that go out into the world to pull people in. And he was by all means very charismatic because again, he was able to lure four people here. And they did. They all were really good friends with him. and were very excited about going to his village to meet his people. That's the thing that sucks the most because Pele, from the movie, he's one of the most like at face value likable characters. He's very kind. He's very sweet, very charismatic, very empathetic. The fact that he was the first person to like wish Danny a happy birthday for her and gave her that portrait he drew of her, like, very sweet things. And then you think about it for more than a second. And you go, oh, no, he's a horrible person. He has tricked these people into almost certain death for his own cult's well-being and his community's wants. He doesn't care about them necessarily. And if he does, his care and love for them isn't nearly as important as the cult's needs. And that's horrible. Yes. And I, I also think that he's probably a victim himself of this cult. I mean, you go back into, you know, what he said happened to his parents and not that not that that makes anything that he does in this movie right. But I think it's that constant uh, flow of uh, victimizing. That's what this cult is about. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's the cycle of, you know, you're you die or you live long enough to become the villain. That's pretty much how this cult functions. Everyone born into it is kind of indoctrinated and inherently a victim because they're just perpetuating this horrible place and this horrible, like, mindset and, like, lifestyle. But it comes to a point where you're the one enforcing it and you're the one policing other people within the cult. So you yourself also are a victim, but also the perpetuator of victimhood on other people. Yeah, I, you know, it's, 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 it's this circle of fucked upness that you you when you watch this movie you will be sitting you will be sitting at your computer desk you will be sitting in your car wherever you're at you will ask yourself what the fuck did i just watch yeah because again that this movie it needs to sit and simmer for a few minutes after watching it just like sit with it and think about it and then just like oh god it's been simmering for me for a couple years, to be honest with you. Well, again, like the end scene when you have Danny in the May Queen dress, she's surrounded by these bright, vibrant flowers and this crazy big dress and this weird big crown. 
literally a mountain of flowers. Super vibrant, super bright. She's screaming and wailing and getting all this pain out while everyone else around her is doing the same. And it ends with that, like, almost twisted smile on her face. And you can see she looks happy. And that's the first time you've seen her smile pretty much the whole movie. And you can't help but end it feeling happy and feeling closure and feeling better than you had the rest of the movie. But then when you think about it for more than, like, that second, she's has no idea what's going on in reality. Like, her... Her sense of reality is so warped and twisted, and she is in the most incredible danger. And you're left with the movie not thinking about any of that because you just see the happiness on her face and you feel that kind of like tension release of Christian dying and her being free from Christian. And to be honest with you, she probably never will realize the danger she's actually in because she's now a part of this cult and she feels this is her family and will probably accept all the things that they do that were probably unacceptable to her before she got into this position. Oh, exactly. And that's the thing is like, that's what's crazy about this movie is the fact that it's so open-ended with the ending because you just, you'll never know what happens to Danny. You're just stuck thinking with the what ifs and thinking through what could happen in your own brain, but you'll never have that closure or clarity to know exactly what happened to her. Unless they make a sequel, but I doubt it. I hope not. I don't think there's sequel uh, directors. No, and that would honestly, that would ruin the entire movie if they did a sequel, I think. Because like, what's the point? Yeah, because you're supposed to be left sitting there going, well, what happens to her next? What, you know, realizing that she is in danger and she will never, at this, from this point on, she will never realize the danger that she actually is in. Or if she does, it's going to be too late and they'll simply kill her and then move on continue moving on as nothing happened i feel like she is going to be a hundred percent a part of this cult i think this is what this is what i feel like happens at after the movie she ends up with pele they have kids they those kids go out eventually and bring people back and at some point She is going to jump off that cliff and end her life. I mean, like I said, with the um, the woman that ends up committing suicide off the cliff, I still found it really interesting how she had very similar facial features to Danny. And so I think that's kind of the idea is that this is an ongoing cycle. They're doing this every few years. Like it's nothing new. It's nothing different. This is how the machine works for them. And that's why everyone around her throughout all of this stuff is just calm and does not care it doesn't affect them because this isn't nothing this is nothing new to them and i I will say i was definitely grossed out by the pubic hair i mean yeah i mean i think i'm a little more grossed out by her menstrual blood in his drink yeah that's gross too oh my god i forgot about about that that. oh my (laughs) god i forgot about the blood her oh my god yeah. Ooh, that's so gross. <laughs> I mean, they show you in the little like quilts where the little illustration that they have, that that's one of the things. But then if you watch the scene, his drink is noticeably more orange than everyone else's. Yeah, that's so gross. <sighs> that it's I I just remember watching it and going like kind of having like a gag reflex because it's ewes. And like ugh, so gross. 
I get it. It's part of their thing. And they do, they do put it out there that that's what's going to happen because it's on that quilt. Just like this whole story is laid out for you in the entire movie. Oh, no, this entire story is laid out to you in the first like 10 seconds of the movie. They have a whole quilt that shows you everything that happens. So like it's not it's really interesting because, again, that's something you don't notice necessarily until like a rewatch. Because when I first watched the movie, I was like, well, that's a really weird folksy looking quilt. Okay, And they show you a lot of different illustrations while they're there because they have a lot of like these quilts and like these intricate murals painted on everything and just like the amount of the just like very subtle foreshadowing throughout the movie and like the early parts is just it's crazy it's almost like a um where's waldo and like in a rewatch that's what i was looking for was just trying to see like how many of these little cues that they were kind of hidden throughout the scenes and there's so many yeah like the whole entire story they tell the entire story before the story really begins through the artwork. Oh, exactly. So I, that's what I find so interesting with this movie is just you know exactly what's going to happen, whether you subcon- like consciously or subconsciously know, because you've seen it all happen laid out to you in little pictures. And yet you're still horrified when you watch it because that shit's scary. <laughs> it is scary. It's such a messed up movie. Oh, my God. It is. I mean, I... If you've made it this far and haven't watched it yet, do it. Just give it a watch. I think it's definitely worth at least a watch, even if you don't necessarily like it or it's not your cup of tea or your kind of horror. It's a really interesting movie, and I think it is really well crafted, and it's worth at least watching it once. In your opinion, do you think a lot of people are going to come out of it not liking it? Because I do. I definitely think it's it's one of those movies where you either like it or you don't like it. I think it's really polarizing because... It is a horror movie through and through, but it's not the typical horror movie that you would expect. Like, it's a lot more subtle with the horror elements. It's a lot more psychological. And it's more about playing with, like, how the viewer views different characters and groups in the movie rather than the typical slasher or supernatural horror. Yeah, it's subtle, but it's not subtle because, I mean, there's some gory, gory, gory scenes. Oh, yeah, like, it's definitely not one of the, like, a good intro to horror movie, for sure. But if you're okay with gore, I would say it's, like, a really interesting one. And it's definitely more, definitely more on the psychological side of things. Rather than being, like, a thriller, this is, I would say, even more so in, like, just straight horror. It's If you like things that make you think, if you're okay with gore, this is definitely the movie for you. I, I I think everybody should give it a go. Um, I'm I'm okay with people not liking it because I understand it, it's a lot to digest as a movie, but it, it's a good movie. I like it. I probably I probably will not watch it often because it really is kind of messed up, but it's a good one. Oh yeah, I mean I I would say it's got the Mo Ma'am seal of approval. Mo Ma'am seal of approval. <laughs> But yeah, I agree. I think it's one of those movies to watch like every so often. Not all the time. But it's, again, it's something just to at least watch once. And even if it's not something that you necessarily like, I think it's, again, a very well-crafted movie. And it's worth experiencing at least one time. And then you can just never think about it again. And just a forewarning, there is 
pubes that are being eaten and <laughs> period blood being drank. Forewarning, because that might be the worst part of the whole movie, in my opinion. It's gross. <laughs> Ugh. It's definitely a gross part for sure. Oh my God, it's so gross. Well, I think that wraps up of kind of our feelings and thoughts about this really weird and fucked up movie. Thank you for listening to us ramble on about Midsummer and all of our feelings about it. And we'll be back with another episode soon. Links to all of our social media are in the show notes below. And stay spooky. Bye.